everybody. We're back and I'm very subdued tonight for some reason because that's the voice I decided to put on. I'm glad you noticed that. I'm feeling subdued, which is strange because I, I feel inside. I feel like a fireball about this episode. Feels good. I'm really? Yeah. Inside, I feel like a fireball, but I think it's because for some reason my pulse has been like arresting at 90 for the past two or three days and my blood pressure has been up there. I don't know why, mm. Chuck, but mm. unrelated, I do have a doctor's appointment in a couple days. Um, you know what? Well, I hope it all shakes out in the end uh, <laughs> for you there. I hope it all shakes out for uh, episode 100 and uh, I hope it all shakes out too. Yeah. Um, this week for the show, we watched an episode, we watched an episode. Yeah, we watched an episode of Three's Company. <laughs> this week for the show, we watched a movie called Vice Squad from 1982. Vice Squad. Friend of the show and porn store employee himself, Corey. If you dig Hauser's neon slime song he did for Vice Squad, then I highly recommend checking out his 1975 album, Your Love Keeps Me Off the Streets. Get this. He goes by Wings Living Right and dedicated the record to L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. Wow. Now I'm on Discogs searching Wings I mean, did, my diamond cutters just became infinitely hard. Yeah. Think just reading that line. Wings Living Right. Whoa. The way he spells it is insane too. Yeah. It's not living right. Wow. Uh, real name, Gerald Dwight Hauser. Wings was inspired. And continues to be inspired. God. Love keeps me off the streets. My God. I got it. How much are these? Oh, not bad. Did you already buy the cassette? I uh, don't think there's a cassette. Just uh, LPs. Okay, here's one for nine bucks. All right. Mint condition. Not bad. Sealed, Dale. It's sealed. For nine dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Six dollars shipping. It's probably the only album left that hasn't been re-released for record store day. <laughs> so get it while Fucking it's hot. Dale, give it to him. Dale, I'm behind you. Pumping my fist. You lay into those record store day guys. Oh, let's do it. Oh boy. Let's bring them down. Yeah. Let's United do a, let's we do, stand. Let's do a deep uh, journalistic report on those crooks. <laughs> you should see... It it reminds me of the way when they're when 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 record store day customers are driving to the record store, they drive like Ramrod from the movie Vice Squad. <laughs> yeah, they're to they're get to there doing U turns to to park across uh, the street in uh, in Hollywood. You know, just doing U turns in, in their land yachts across four lanes of traffic. No big deal. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's legal. When you have the badge. God, Ramrod. I mean, what a, what a, when you first see Ramrod in the back of his, what, what kind of, was it a Bronco? Is that what you said? A yeah, Jimmy? man. Oh my God. When you first see him and he pulls away, he's just in the shadows. You haven't even seen his face yet. And it, it says Ramrod on his, uh, tire cover. And you're, mm. you're like, wow, already this is going to be my favorite character in the movie. But then, he does what he does and you want him to die immediately. Yeah. And you're just yeah, begging yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Hollywood gods to kill this character as soon as possible. Wow. Chuck, you better save some of this gold for the, the bottom half of the hour when we get into Vice Squad. Yeah, I'm giving him a tease, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to listen all the way through now. Yeah. They're sticking around. They're not going to, you know, they're not just going to listen to us and what we did to catch up on the week and then probably yeah. end the show and they're listening to the show. We know everyone tunes in <clears throat> for our life updates. We know, especially after, uh, the one movie that everyone uh, in our listening audience chose to watch electric dreams. And we three starred it. If I may, we didn't, I mean, we didn't one star it. Yeah. We yeah. three starred it. And the blowback that we got, my God, from the one time everybody watches the movie. It was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, it feel. I mean, I don't believe I'm on the wrong side of history, but this is what it feels like to be on the wrong side of history. Right. Yeah, you're, you're painted. Ba- you're, yeah, yeah, you're back. Our backs are against the wall, mm-hmm. and it 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 is what it is at this point. But it's, I'm defiant. It's, uh, beyond my, us. I'm defiant still. Dale. My chin is is out. It's out. Mm-hmm. It's not in. My head is my the back of my head's not touching the wall, like right. the rest of my body. You're fi- you're fight. It's like you're fighting off the sheriff of Nottingham, and you're the Maid Marian, and he yeah. is trying to take you exactly. But he the old crone said that you will give him a son. <laughs> but you're you're refusing. I will not. You fight him with every son. muscle in your body. <laughs> <laughs> Come in. Hello. Smoothie delivery. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for the smoothie. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> 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 That was uh that was a smoothie break brought to you by Melissa. Melissa Mendesh. Lots of oats this time. A lot of oats in there. Um Chuck, let me tell you that I I don't you know, do I have anything fun to uh, talk about? Getting ready for vacation. I did uh I did crack open, Chuck, the 4K of Wes Craven's Swamp Thing. Oh, wow. Now you are you're an uh, unabashed lover of Wes Craven's Swamp Thing. Am I, is this correct? I yes or no? Th- yes, that is that is correct. correct. Yes, okay. you're right. I I'm you got me dead to rights. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to get that out there. Um, uh, is it, it? Do you like this one better than Return? Um, now here's the thing. Oh. Yes. I like this movie better than Return, okay. but in my lifetime as a as a young boy, I saw Return thousands of times, and it is, I think, by proxy, my favorite of mm, the two. Okay, it's two, and I loved it back then. I loved it. Mm. I'm getting them mixed up in my head. Actually, I can't keep them apart. It's tough. It's tough too. Which one has Arcane in it? Is that two? They both. They both oh, have both. Arcane in it. Oh, okay, All right. Yeah. What's the one with the arcane is at his house and there's a dinner table scene? That's the first one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Dale. With, with, Dale, I am so rude. Can you please tell me what it was like, like opening up your Swamp Thing 4K disc? How did it look? Yeah. How did it look? I, I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's so funny that you're introspective now and you, you're, you're like a pair of eyes looking <laughs> upon at yourself interviewing yeah. me about, um, it, 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 it was great. I, you know, the 4k, let me tell you, did no favors for the movie swamp thing. Oh no. I mean this, this swamp thing, swamp things, rubberized mask has never looked faker. <laughs> 
and his Dick Duroc's lips moving behind the Swamp Thing mask has never looked more real. <laughs> like you can really tell there is a man with a pair of lips behind oh, that oh. unmoving frown of of our of our Alec Holland, and it is it is distracting in a way that I I may never be able to recover from. Wow, it is something. It's something. Wow. I, I watched the, so I watched the international cut of this movie. Oh. Which, believe it or not, you take away whatever um, the international cut adds to the movie. You take all of that out and you have a rated PG Swamp Thing movie. Oh. But you keep it in. Uh-huh. You got a rated R. You got Ooh. a rated R Swamp Thing movie. What's uh what's in that one? You got uh, close-ups of uh, Swamp Thing's yam? Is this yams yeah his sweet potato is um gourd is gourd no you got um gorgeous gourd. i mean you have like a you have like a 45 second just lingering shot of adrian barbeau bathing in the pond like 45 seconds of it and then at this dinner table of arcanes you have like a dinner party where um before the main course is served chuck Aperitif, aperitif, uh-huh. a pair of teeths. Okay, Dale, you know who you know who uh, stood up in the movie theater and clapped uh, during Adrian Barbeau's lingering swimming scene. John Carpenter. Yeah, John. <laughs> John Car. Yeah, he probably was like he was probably smoking in the theater. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was on his fifth cigarette. Yeah. He kept curling up his upper lip and smelling his mustache in between cigarettes. You know, I think they were married at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they're already married. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, better. Of course, he stood up and clapped. That's his wife. Good job, hon. Cheering her on. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. Any? Uh, have your feelings changed at all in the uh, Swamp Thing after uh, this reviewing? Um, learn anything, you know, new? yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think just the more I, the more I watch it, the, the less fun it gets for me mm. to watch. And I, you know, it's tough for me to say because I love this movie, but really once you get down to it, once Alec changes into the swamp monster, it really just goes downhill from there. I just question everything about this movie, you know? They they move him into the swamps of it was filmed in South Carolina, but I don't know if it's supposed to take place in South Carolina or if it's supposed to be in Louisiana. I don't know where, but you know the only thing that Arcane has to do with all of his money and time is to just live up the street from Alec Collins' <laughs> laboratory yeah. and pester him the entire time. Yeah. Like his his army of henchmen. They don't, they're not like running drugs or they're just like, they're picking off Alec Collins security team to steal the notebooks to, to, to run the world's plant supplies. Oh, he's, he's using every resource available to him to live on this swamp and probably have like a backup generator. There's no way you're maintaining any sort of clean power going into this mansion it's just, it's just, uh, it's crazy to me. It boggles my mind. The more I watch it, the more I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, and I understand, I gotta, I gotta remember that it's a comic book movie. So like in the end, you gotta have the good guy and the bad guy and you have to have something as equally absurd 
in comic book form as a swamp thing, right? Yeah. Like, so it starts out as like rich arcane with his tons of money and his henchmen that all work in South Carolina for him and, and like patrol the swamps and stuff. But then, you know, he, he takes the, he takes the serum himself. He replicates the serum that Alec perfected and he turns into like this bugbear. He turns into this like uh, furry wolf man with beady eyes. Oh man, I don't and remember that. He picks up this like sword that he has hanging on his wall and he just be- becomes like this mindless beast. And I, you know, it's, I guess for a comic book movie, that's fine, but I don't I don't know much about the original origins of the serum of Swamp Thing, but Alec Holland was working on the serum to help, you know, merge plant life and, you know, organic maybe human matter or meat matter or whatever, but when you get down to it when him and Adrian are talking and he's having a conversation with Arcane as well, Arcane's like you make you made the serum, I made the same serum, but we have it's different results like what's happening. And Alec is like, well, it just, the serum like accentuates who you really are inside. It becomes mm-hmm. like a, a, a compounded, like, like who you are on the inside and who you represent compounds itself and you turn into whatever you turn into. So it's got nothing to do with plant life at all. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with, with like chlorophyll, you know? Yeah. I always get arcane confused with um, the floronic man. Which I don't, I don't know yes, if he was. A, was right. he a Swamp Thing villain too? I think he was. Uh, yes, he he was yeah. an Alan Moore's run. And he's like you. You think that's who like Arcane would be when he takes this? Like right. he would be some sort of plant based uh, freak. You yes, know? exactly. Like yes, but I, I I don't know if they like put those words into Swamp Thing's mouth because they're like, we got this really cool furry (laughs) (laughs) being for, for the, the the final boss is this furry guy. He's not plant related. So they're just like, well, we'll make Swamp Thing say something like, you know, it turns you into who you really are. And it doesn't like, it doesn't give you plant abilities and you can't grow in the swamp and you can't, you know, so I, I, you know, it's crazy to me. It's the more I watch it, the more I just like, stare empty into some of these decisions made and stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I think Wes Craven had pretty much a nightmare of a time on this movie as well. He might, he basically like disavowed it. He doesn't really didn't like it at all. So I don't know whose fault it is. Yeah. I've got several thoughts. Okay. Coming out of me. Yeah. About this movie. One, uh, I liked how you talked about art, like arcane being deep in the, in the bayou or whatever you know, in his stupid house and just like obsessed with his henchmen trying to, because whenever I see like a movie or something set in the deep South, the the only thing I can think about is how hot and sweaty everyone is and how, if, if I was in their shoes, I would be so unmotivated to do anything. I would be like, get me a a cold Coca-Cola classic and a fan (laughs) and an air conditioner if that's possible. Uh, that's all I'm going to do because otherwise I'm a puddle. I'm a literal puddle. There's uh, no motivation. Yeah. I don't want to go running around the, the, the bayou. Are you kidding me? It's disgusting. Yeah. So what? Get leeches and, and mosquito bites Yeah. that, you know, there's nothing. Why? You know, it's just like, yeah. it's, it's mind boggling. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. 
yeah, it's crazy to me. And uh, my second thought is, I think I, I, I you know, I, I, I'll go like a decade or more than that, not watching these Swamp Thing movies and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll come back around and I'll be like, oh man, I bet these are awesome, right? Like a crazy yes. comic book Swamp Thing adaptation by Wes Craven made at a time where Dude. no studios yes. gave a crap what he was doing, like, right? Like, like the possibility of it being this crazy, amazing movie that like just has lots of insane stuff. But then I put it on, I'm always like bored and it's like, oh man, like mm-hmm. it, it's the, yes. the, po- the possibility is the, the thing that like, like, ah, oh, what, what could have been if, uh, I don't know if Lloyd Kaufman was in charge or something, you know? I, yeah, I think you nailed it too. And I, I you know, I got I hold on to that. Yeah. I hold on to that. And when they, when they announced the 4k of it, I held on, you know, I, I, I pulled that memory out of the well, yeah. the bucket at the, at the bottom of the rope. And I was like, I got to have this movie. I got to have this movie. Yeah. Of course I have to have this movie. And then I, you know, I, you, you put that into motion and you put that into your real life and you put your eyes in front of it and you're like, man, I really yeah. want to, I really want to five star out of nostalgia. Or or my love for what it could be, and I really and I can't do that, and I'll and I will high star anything for nostalgia's sakes. But yeah, yeah. What about you, Chuck? Ding 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 ding! Kickboxer update. I may as well get into my kickboxer update. I'm now down to the last kick. I only have one more to watch. I watched uh, Kickboxer Five: The Redemption. I didn't talk about that, right? Or did no. I? No. Okay, you did not. And then I watched the reboot, first reboot movie, Kickboxer: Colon Vengeance. Um, redemption. Ah, not not awful. It's Mark Dacascos replacing the main character. Uh, they kill they kill Sasha off screen. They just do it with dialogue, which Jesus, just awful. they are they're merciless with these yeah brothers. I know <laughs> the last the last Sloan brother is is in the ground. Um, man, and Mark Dacascos, he just seemed to be an acquaintance of uh. Of David's, <laughs> oh. and uh, I don't know. He, he ends up going to South Africa uh, to fight this evil guy who's who's obsessed with kickboxing and trying to get all the best kickboxers in the world to come to his estate in South Africa to do a tournament. Um, if they refuse to come, he uh, has them slaughtered, and he, he takes their championship belts for his wall. <laughs> and these belts, yes. oh my God, you would. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I if I'm like out of the loop on what kickboxing championship belts look like, but these belts they made, I I found them hilarious because they all look the same no matter you know these are kickboxers from all over the world presumably like that he's getting these belts from, but they like they look like they all came out of the same, not even a factory because it's clearly you know someone making them in their basement. Uh, I don't know these belts just I don't know maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Take a second. Think. But anyway, it, it, it wasn't terrible. You know, to Costco's deal. He doesn't do it for me. I gotta, I, if I'm going to be honest, um, I don't know. It's okay. I yeah. haven't seen a ton yeah. of his stuff, but he just like, he's, I think he's too smiley and I don't know. I want something more from yeah, yeah. him. He can fight. He can jump around. He can do all that. But, uh, I don't know. He doesn't have it for me. Uh, and Kickboxer Vengeance. So, all right. So first off, uh, the, the Dave Batista's Tongpo. That was a big topic uh, last week. Um, 
The hair looked yeah. way better on screen than it did in the poster. So it, okay. it wasn't. Okay, that's good. It looked like actual braids or something that were flopping around. Looked good. Okay. Okay. Um, now they got Van Damme. There was more Van Damme in this than I expected. I thought he was, I knew he played the trainer of the main dude, but I was surprised how much he was in it. Though, wow. he, Van Damme, obviously he insisted to never take off his hat and sunglasses for this role. I think there's like a couple blurry shots of him fighting where they're, he's not wearing the hat and sunglasses, but, <laughs> but he, he has them on. And I know this combo. Cause like, you know, I follow, uh, Van Damme's, uh, YouTube page. I'm subscribed. And I, he's, you know, he's always wearing this, this hat sunglasses combo. This is his look. Oh, this is his look. Yeah. So he's just oh, like, man. He, he's probably showing up to set. He's like, you know, he, they send him to a costume and he's like, no, I'm, this is what I'm wearing what I'm wearing right now. This is what I'm wearing. So he's like, I could walk <laughs> if you'd rather me just walk. Yeah. I oh yeah. Walk away. Yeah. What, are, what kind of kickboxing move they're going to have without him? Right. Zero credibility. That's what, um, but he does. And he does more fighting than I expected. Like he, I, I was pumping my fist cause he, he does some fighting and, um, yeah, you get a little more Van Damme action than, uh, than I expected. You know that modern thing in action movies where they do that frame rate manipulation? Like it's in all the Marvel movies where it's like all choppy. Do you know what I'm talking about? During action scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yes, I think it's I, like I something do. they like yeah. film it at a high frame rate and then they cut out chunks of the frames or something. I don't know. And it makes it look like it's, it still looks fast, but it's like all weird and choppy and it like mm-hmm. looks hyper real. But I hate it. I hate it, Dale. And every time there was a fight, this was on and it, it's so distracting. Like you got, you got to let these fighters do their thing. You know, you got to give them a little faith. You don't need to put this patina of crap uh, in front of them. Right. Just let them do yeah. their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let them, let them perform for yeah. the camera. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, you know, that was rough, but uh, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the triumph I, I was hoping for. You did it though. Yeah. And you're still doing it. I've got one more, but the next one's like, uh, it's over a hundred minutes. So my mind just glazes over when I see that number. So, so this, this, uh, JCVD, this is a totally unrelated. This is like a new reboot kickboxer. This is ha- doesn't have any strings attached to any other kickboxer. So J so Jean-Claude plays somebody completely different he, in this movie. Yeah. He plays, I mean, he basically plays Dennis Chan's character. So he's living in Thailand, but he's a, he's a Belgian guy. You know, they don't really explain why he's there, why he's living there and why he's the best kickboxer trainer in the country, but he's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. And it's, yeah, it's the same basic set. Like Kurt's there with his brother. His brother gets killed. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. So by, uh, it follows a, yeah. a similar story. Yeah. And then uh, Kurt trains with the best trainer. Oh, they do the, uh, you know, there's a lot of callbacks as you would imagine. And you, you know, in kickboxer, the famous thing where he's, uh, Dennis Chan makes Van Damme kick the, the tree trunk over and over again with a shin. Yeah. 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 It's like a huge, mm-hmm. in this one, he's like, he's like, he's kicking these wimpy plants, Dale. He's like kicking them in half. And it's like, what? what like, why? why? What are we doing? This isn't, not my kickboxer. No. I want to see that shin break in half, kicking a tree. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I want to see. 
All right. Kick, kickboxer report over. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for the updates. For the show, we watched Vice Squad. Is, is uh, you want to you want to give a little recap of this movie? Yeah, well, Vice Squad, Dale, 1982. Los Angeles, Hollywood, and surrounding areas. CD, underbelly. The whole thing takes place at night. Oh, except the beginning. So, but daytime. Uh, it, it's one of those movies where it's a one nighter, Dale. This is a, you know, movie starts in the morning and uh, cut to the nighttime. We wake up at, uh, the movie ends at, at dawn. Sun's coming up. Um, and, um, we follow Princess, who is a, a sex worker, a single mom slash sex worker, and she's out on the streets, but a good friend of hers gets killed by her pimp, Ramrod. Um, it's very sad. And one of the Vice Squad cops comes to her and says, hey, your friend's dead. You got to help me take this guy down. We need to get him off the streets. She reluctantly agrees. Uh, they they entrap him. She wears a wire. They get him. Uh, but he, Dale, he break, he breaks out of the car on the way to the station to be blocked. He's nuts. He's nuts. And he gets he gets weapons and he goes on a murderous rampage uh, through Los Angeles, trying to find Princess to uh, kill her for what for Um, Dale, first, um, what's your first reaction to this? I'm interested. I'm dying to know. I feel like after watching this movie, you want to take a shower? I felt like I just worked a shift on the vice squad. <laughs> like my, I was put through the ringer. I was wrung out. Yeah. Agree. I could stop talking about it from there because I'm, I was, by the end, I was, I was done. I, you know, it was, I, it really, they really, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to presume to know anything about nightlife on, on, you know, like, and, and, uh, prostitution and Johns and, and, and vice squad, but God damn, if, it doesn't feel like, I mean, just the, even the littlest detail in in a person's life, whether they work the vice squad in, in the police or they're a prostitute or they're like, it feels like tons of little minute details were included in this movie. Yeah. It, and it was ugly. Like it was all ugly. Yeah. It, it. It, it it either it felt like it was either like based on a novel where the the writer did a ton of research you know he rode around with cops 
you know, on the, the, the late shift or the screenwriter did the same thing. I don't know. Cause it, it has so many, like, it's like reading a, a mad magazine, uh, parody article, but it's not funny, you know, um, where it's just like yeah, all the little right. details, like it, it, it really shines anytime they go to the police station and they're like bringing a, oh a perp God. through and you just get the shot of all the Dude. chaos. The camera just moves from person to person. You see, you know, just the, the cops and the, and the people getting booked and just like all the crazy walks of life that are coming in and out of this place. It's yeah. It was, it, it felt like they, they just set up the cameras and there were like two actors in these people like booking room scenes like they were they were filming around what was really going on i mean it yeah. was absolutely insane and to see some uh some folks like booked and they're waiting for what arraignment they're waiting to get to be like put through the put put in jail so they're just sitting there and some of them are like strung out oh, yeah. and the one girl is like really in bad shape and she needs like she basically needs to get to the emergency room ASAP. But if, if some, if Walsh hadn't walked up to her and said like, let, can we get this person Amy? It's like, they would have let her die on the bench just because there's nobody there to pay attention to that one person, just because there's chaos in every square inch of this room. That's it's like, they couldn't pay attention to this one person that's dying on the, on the bench there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah. it felt like. Yeah, it's it's it gives it gives Walsh like a it gives a little like oh this is our this is our good guy cop he's he took pity mm-hmm. on this poor girl who's strung out and yeah. freaking out yeah um and you know what and you know what I thought about that like the, the how it works and how what's that game on telephone where like you one person hears one thing and then by the end of the chain yeah. of people like something like. That's how like it's broke customer service. Like it's all broken, right? (laughs) Yeah. So like to the extreme, like say, you know, you go to a store and you try to get something fixed on your account and then that person promises to tell the manager and, you know, obviously nothing happens. Like three days later, nothing happens. That's what would happen to this girl on this bench. Just because Walsh told somebody to get an ambulance that person is supposed to tell somebody to get the ambulance. And then that person, like nobody's going to get the ambulance. You're right. Because Walsh isn't there to oversee it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I was frustrated for this girl because she's going to die on a bench because communication breakdown is exactly. about to happen. Yeah. Because Walsh isn't be like, even though it's not Walsh's job, he's not there to take ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're right. This, this precinct in Hollywood overnight, it's like the worst customer service uh, situation, worst customer service desk where yeah. no one wants to be there and everyone's very angry and upset that they're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're all trying to do opposite things of each other. <laughs> it's a nightmare. And it's, yeah. And as soon as that guy, as soon as Walsh tells that one guy to get the ambulance, as soon as he turns around and goes into another room, somebody else is going to tell him to do something else. That's going to take more oh, yeah. importance. Yeah. And, and it's all falling apart. Like the ambulance yeah. is out the guy's ear. He's, he forgets to call the ambulance. Five hours later, he's going to be like, oh man, I was supposed to call an ambulance or I was supposed to tell somebody to call an ambulance, but that didn't take precedence as soon as he left that room, you know, it's yeah. uh which I think is a, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's a good illustration of if this movie has anything to say, I think it is, it's that 
uh, it's a complicated situation and mm-hmm. um, mainly talking about like prostitution and drugs to a lesser, ex- lesser extent, but, um, but that the cops charged with enforcing this law, it's like, why, why bother? It's just like, you know, or, you know, I mean, I have my own personal ideas about this, that, you know, this is a crazy idea to try and <laughs> to do what we, we see in this movie. It's insane. Like it should be, I think it should be like legalized and, you know, regulated. Yeah. And because yeah. it's so, because it, it illustrates how dangerous it can be and how, you know, it's horrifying. I mean, just the, 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 I, yeah. just pimps in general. Like I, I've never been, I've always do you remember when like pimp became like a, a cool word to say? Like, I feel like in the late nineties, oh, 2000s, yeah. everyone was yeah. using this word, but like to me, yeah. it always, it all, I was always so uncomfortable with it. I never used it. Cause I was like, like, do you, do you guys, you ever see vice squad for crying out loud? Do you, do you know what pimps are? Like, it's, yeah, they're basically you're, you're slavers. Right. <laughs> it's disgusting. Right. <laughs> and I never, I never understood that. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's like a, uh, tied to a hip hop thing, and but yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I like I'd stand up for women, Dale. That's what I do on this show. Um, yeah, I want to go back to just first impressions. I thought when I picked this movie, I thought it was going to be a goofy, sexy romp. Look at the. I mean, look at the cover. Look at the poster on Letterbox. False advertising. It looks like yeah. <laughs> it looks like a funny, sexy romp. Yeah, and that's what I thought we were getting into. I didn't know. My God, when when Ramrod enters that that hotel room with Nina Blackwood, I, it sets a tone where, like, oh, I, I, I it's weird yeah. because it is like, I ultimately think I like this movie. Um, it, it's it's dancing a weird line because like it's it's an exploitation to movie to the max. Like you, you're if you wanted exploitation, you got it. But I think I enjoy more of the goofier side of exploitation <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. But this, because this seemed very concerned with like really hammering home how horrible it it can this these situations can be. Um, and it was almost like I don't know. It was interesting though, because like all the it, it it was it was almost like test itself on like teaching the viewers like how how this life works and like the terminology and all the different characters and groups of people uh, in, in Hollywood and yeah. How the cops operate, how the, the sex workers operate, how the pimps operate. Um, uh, I learned what a, a sugar pimp was. I didn't know what that was. Um, and I, I looked that one up cause I was in it. And it's basically, it's actually cool. It's, it's a pimp. That's nice. <laughs> Too. Oh. His, girl, his stable oh. of girls. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because the, the the term sugar sugar pimp came up, but they never explained why. But then when yeah. they show the sugar pimp, you're like, oh, he seems nice. Yeah, he seems like a nice enough guy. But he was eating like a piece of yeah. cake on a couch, and I was like, is it is it just that he eats sugar? <laughs> so I had to go look right. it up. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, this movie, yeah, it, it threw me for a loop. I, I, uh, um, it wasn't what I was expecting and it was way, and yeah. I, I gotta say, I, I think there's a, a very good movie in here. I think like, not to like, 
I hate saying this, but I'm going to say it. Because I, I kept, it kept popping mm-hmm. in my mind. You get this script into Michael Mann's hands, and he would have made like a great piece of Damn. grimy art, you know? Not that this isn't good, yeah. but I feel like you, like Michael Mann's like really good at using the lights and like just exploring the seediness and using the environment of a city. Like I like just imagine this movie with like some beautiful shots and like, <laughs> you know, cause it's mm-hmm. not, it's very, you know, it's competent. It's, but there's nothing, there's nothing real artful about the way this movie was made. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just kept thinking that there's like a genius movie in here. Cause I, I found it very yeah. interesting. Uh, I think, yeah. I think if you had injected a little bit more uh, interesting v- visuals into it, it would have been really great. I think. Um, I I mean it, it betrays everything that I usually go for in uh, like how the way I feel about a movie, but I really loved this movie. Yeah. But but usually that's like sometimes that's what makes me pause. Like if something feels too real to me, and it's like like it's an introspective yeah. on like real life that I would rather pretend like doesn't exist you know what i mean like that if if it's in my face like that it usually makes me form like a kind of a worse opinion about the thing even if it's beautifully crafted whereas this like i can't help but really love everybody's character in this and and everybody was acting their asses off and to to like um what season Hubley is was great in this movie. Like the, the, uh, the range of emotion that she had to show and all the girls in this movie, Nina Blackwood was amazing in this movie. I know VJ, v, VJ and DJ Nina Blackwood. <laughs> yeah. She was like one of the first, uh, MTV VJs. And, but so, I mean, I absolutely, I loved this movie, but, damn i don't like there's nothing i don't know what there is to love i can't quite put it into words other than the fact that the acting was so good like i i, I don't know if i could ever like peel a uh, uh, peel like Wingshauser and railroad apart like oh, i i, I know. they just seem like Wingshauser is just like a menace to me <laughs> like oh you yeah know, he's he's just a I mean, but, the way he portrays Ramrod is like, Jesus Christ, is this really wings just being wings? Like, it's that crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes you fearful of meeting the real guy. But, it's, yeah. that, I mean, that's a tribute to, I mean, I've seen him in probably like three or four movies. And every time I'm like, this guy was incredible. Yeah. And and in, in this, it's just, I mean, his it's a horrible character that you don't want to spend any time with, but but bravo to wings. Holy crap, Dale. Like he, it's, he lives it. Like he's, and he's doing like, like he's wearing this goofy, like Western outfit the whole time. And he's kind of, he kind of has like an Elvis accent. Um, but he is just this stone cold, horrible pimp. That's just mean to everybody and just kills people without second guessing. Yeah. And every, every, like humans are not, he does not view humans as humans. Like uh, everything is just cattle. Um, everything is just uh, for his amusement or usage. Um, he's really, uh, uh, he's a terrible character. <laughs> he sucks so <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> I, I mean, he's really, 
he will do the bare minimum of put on a smile on his face just to get you in the position he needs you to be in until he just like has, as soon as he has the chance, even if it's just after meeting you, as soon as he has a chance to overpower you and threaten you and blackmail you and like hold something over you. So you're indebted to him and you're like, you have to put up with his crap. He's going to do it in a second. Yeah. And when he takes um, Prince, when he takes Princess to his apartment and his apartment's like all cowboy motifed in, in Los Angeles. And he's got like three huge pictures of fat Elvis on his wall. <laughs> and he's got like this statue of a cowboy and this, he's like this working bar in his apartment. It's just crazy. The wallpaper is just crazy. Uh, he is like, it's, he is some, body to be feared and for princess to even do what she had to do like just to be just to know that if i'm working the streets that i there might be a slim chance i ever run into this person oh my god yeah like that would that's like one thing to put in back of your mind and keep you on edge the entire time because you just know like this guy has a reputation when he goes into that like a gay bar that S&M bar yeah and he's uh, talking to the arms dealer like the guy who's (laughs) watching the back (laughs) door okay like he is like fearing like he is he is able to to like maintain he's not his voice isn't quivering but you know what any second like he knows it could be all be over for him if he you know it's just crazy yeah even in to to deal with this force yeah even in enemy territory he is just like he he's still a rabid tiger he's horrifying the scene with him and nina blackwood at the torture scene it is it's almost unbearable like i like you, you don't see a lot, but it is so. It's too, it's long. It's like it feels like five minutes long, and it, it's yeah. it's just horrible. The scene when he picks up Heaven in the bar is almost worse to me. Now it appears to me that uh, you're flying solo, and it also appears to me that what you need is a good man, just somebody to take care of you. Am I right? Am I right? You think you can give me what I need, huh? Give nothing. But then, uh, if you're choosing me, well, I just have to see your qualifications, wouldn't I? The way he portrays this pimp character and the way he, like, latches on to Season Hubley, like, uh, Princess, and is like, oh, yeah. Like, he sweet, sweet talks her and then, and then just like grabs her face and is just like, you're coming with me. Like, the way he just treated her, like, like a thing and just controlled her. It was sickening. It was so sickening. It made yeah. my stomach churn. Uh, I, I just, Oh God, that was like maybe the, the hardest thing to watch in it. Yeah. Um, and, and to see, I mean, to see, and not only did princess had to go with him because, you know, he was, she was under cup. She was yes. wearing a wire yeah. at that point, but but I don't even think that she would have had a chance just because she ended up on his radar. Even if she wasn't like working for the cops, she would have had to go with him anyway, because either way it's lose, lose for her. Yeah. As soon as she got on his radar, like even in this public place, she's not getting out of it. She's not like making an excuse to go somewhere. Like his hand is around her neck and face and that's it. Like he's got, she's got to go with him Yeah. because it, it'll be worse for her if she doesn't go with him. Yeah. And the only way she could possibly 
get out of a situation with him is being with another pimp who would protect her from him. Um, but yeah. again, you're with a pimp and it's not ideal. Yeah, we should say uh, Princess runs, she runs solo, as they say in the movie. She, she's pimpless. She's just, she she lives out in the suburbs with her kid and she yeah. um, does her job at night. Um, I, just absolutely badass in the, the opening scenes of this movie. She's... Uh, saying goodbye like she's she's rushed to get uh, the daughter sitter there Beatrice yeah and I'm like oh she must be getting ready to go work the vice she must yeah. be getting re- ready to go undercover because she's a cop yeah I kept waiting for it to happen where she like we see her badge or yeah. something and never happens <laughs> but it's like but I mean that was just so I mean it was bitter like to to, to go through this whole movie knowing that princess, oh my God, Beatrice calls the daughter princess and she's like, I thought I told you never to call her that. And you don't know why she's so touchy about that? Oh my God. Yeah. See, I was Until like- you find out her hooker name is princess. Yeah, I was mad at princess from the beginning of the movie because of the way she treated that nanny. I was like, why is she being so pissy to this woman who's taking care of her kid? I Like, I didn't get it. Like, but that, that, yeah. that I didn't realize that that she said princess and oh that's funny how about what the cop walsh has to do to convince princess like the treatment of princess in that effing scene i was like like that's i mean you you think he's the cop with the heart of gold but he's just a piece of crap too like he's leveraging anything he can to to just try to get ramrod down he doesn't care about princess i was like he doesn't and he doesn't care about any of these people yeah as hard as it is to watch the, the way walsh treats her like i was happy the filmmakers put it in there cuz it's like yeah that's that's exactly where these girls would be caught is between you know the pimps and the, yes, the cops yes treating them almost exactly the, the same way on different sides. You know? Yes. Because they yes, just want to exactly. get what they want and they want to get their numbers, you know, they want to get their arrests. Um, but yeah, that's a horrible, when he shoves her face into her dead friend's corpse face. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh my God. And then he does it again yeah. to prove the point. Yeah, oh yeah. God. Oh my God. And he's like, yeah, he's, he gets physical and then he throws, like, you know, he throws his... Uh, princess's daughter in her face and he's like you will go to jail you know for that previous booking like you know because she had drugs on her she was holding ginger's drugs or something like that but yeah like the way he just throws it all in her face to get what he wants because he just wants to bring ramrod down yeah. that's all he wants it could have been anybody like anybody cl- close enough to ramrod uh she just happened ginger just happened to have a friend named princess and that like for walsh that's all he needed to know yeah yeah, and princess is now like the one. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of weird like uh, <laughs> tone changing. Like after she, uh, Heaven does the whole sting operation with Walsh, and they get uh, uh, Ramrod arrested and everything, and how horrible that was and harrowing. Yeah. He takes her out for hot dogs, and they're they're like goofing it up. There, it's like they're having a meet cute <laughs> first date like joking about I know how yeah. crazy their lives are. And I was like, what? I was like, this, like, I get, they kind of want to like, I know, I know they wanted us to be like, Oh, these two, maybe they'll get together, you know, or if circumstances were different. They would, you know, they'd, uh-huh. up, but yeah. But, uh, and uh, I mean, I thought it was funny. Like the, the whole hot dog I, it, eating it was, scene, but, <laughs> it, <laughs> but it, it was made like, a, you, and it, it made was, you forget the treatment of the, they both went through earlier. Oh, I loved uh, that little, that bar hotel that all the sex workers hung out at. 
and you got to see them like doing their little their little gossip sesh at the bar. Yeah. And then the, and then the horny conventioneer creeps up on have, on Princess. Oh my god, I know. This creep. He like wins her over at first and yeah. then he just turns into an asshole. Like his character was like he he reminded me of um Joe Spinell. Like he uh he had this presence to him that it didn't come out at first. Like he was like this meek convention goer, but then when he's in the room with her, like he's uh, he's just like he turns it on or something. It was a it was a a good character for you know oh, two yeah. minutes worth of screen time. Oh, it's a great because it's like it a, nuts. it's totally that like guy in the suburbs with like a wife and three kids, and he he gets yeah. to go to the convention uh, every year to the big city, and he just loses his mind, you know, sleeping with Turn, yeah. sex workers, probably you know. <laughs> doing drugs, just Monster. doing everything he can in like 48 hours. Yep. Sicko. Sweetheart, you're looking at a horny conventioneer. Oh, I loved the the scene that, I, I guess it just illustrated the uh, uh, frustrations of the police officers, but that that desk sergeant or whatever that comes comes out of his office raging that someone took his paper clips. <laughs> no, somebody stole my goddamn paper clips! He's not mad at anybody that's being arrested right that moment. He's mad at his coworkers. Yeah. They're all pieces of yeah. crap. Yeah. He's had it. I'm in love. I probably won't watch this in 20 years though. Cause uh, yeah, the harrowing no. stuff yeah. is harrowing. Like, right. Ugh. Maybe I'll just watch like a YouTube supercut of Wingshauser uh, being crazy without the torture part. But there was a, a credit as the credits were rolling. There was a um, there was a credit in the listings for the driver of the honey wagon, Chuck. Well, I would. You know what that is, Chuck? No. A honey wagon is the uh, septic truck that comes and scoops out your septic system. Ew. It's uh, called the honey wagon and it vacuums out your poop and pee. Why would, why did this movie need a honey wagon? <laughs> Where was the honey wagon? Is that, uh, did wings steal the car from the, no, the I, no, it was like behind, it was behind the scenes. Like it was like with the catering and the, oh, the gaffers and stuff. Oh, honey wagon. Yeah. Oh, as part of What's the production. Like, oh, that's so weird. Yeah. yeah. I've never, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Just, Maybe in a jackass movie world. that would get a credit, but <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, an on-screen credit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. crazy. Yeah, let's uh, let's close the books on uh, Vice Squad, um, and write in. Let us know what you think about Vice Squad. Uh, Dale, do we have any uh, letters and voicemail? Bat and Spiderpod at gmail dot com. Why don't you go ahead and send us an email? And uh, and or call the official Bat and Spider hotline at 315-544-0966. Go ahead and do that. And uh, I'm checking to see what we got. All right. We got, looks like we got uh, a couple of voicemails, Chuck. And we got an email. Ooh. Off the wire, Foxtrot Bebop with the email. Um, nice squad. <laughs> hey, Bat and Spider, Chuck and Dale. If you were working Vice Squad on the nasty and neon slimy streets of LA, what accent would you try out to ensnare unsuspecting streetwalkers? 
I think the ladies of the night would entertain my Jimmy Stewart because in this scenario, I would also be taking daytime classes at the Groundlings Theater where I would be known as, (laughs) and not in any way insulting, as the Jimmy Stewart guy. (laughs) Please let me set the scene. From behind the driver's seat of a Studebaker jalopy, I would stammer out lines like, now, now hold on. And I, I can't do it. <laughs> do I, it. I don't even know if I could do that was good. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. I was there. Do it. Now hold on, Mr. P- Mr. Pot- Mr. Potter. How, how much was a golden shower? I, I, what, <laughs> I, what is that accent? Oh, that's good. Fuck shot Bebop's doing this on purpose. Uh, what And what is it I want, Mary? What do I want? I want the poon. Just say the word and I'll throw some money at it and pull it down. Anyway, anyway anywho, that's what, I'd, that's what I'd try. That or like a Catherine Hepburn, maybe a Peter Weller or Cajun accent. <laughs> Thanks again. Peace and love, Foxtrot. Uh, good letter, Foxtrot. My God. Um, yeah, that's that, creative. That, that I'm glad that that kind of points out the language in this movie, the slang in this movie. It's 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 unreal because it's like uh, it, like hearing it now, hearing characters. It it sounds like a a parody. Like it sounds like what we think people talked like back then. But I mean, you know, yeah. that's what yeah. they probably what they're talking. You know, the words they were <laughs> using on the street. It's we. It's crazy. Ugh. crazy. Thanks, Foxtrot, uh, for for making me do the Jimmy Stewart voice. Yeah, oh, I wanted to point out that the uh, the sugar the sugar pimp was played by uh, I think Fred Barry, right? Who was a rerun from? Uh, Holy shit, was that Fred Barry? Yeah, that's a rerun from uh, uh, What's Happening. It sure was. Yeah. Wow, I that I missed that completely. Yeah, I was hyped. <laughs> Yo, I loved his apartment. You want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah dude him eating the cake half naked is fantastic he's like made it he's on a level where mm. yeah it was amazing i mean yeah dude every day every day <laughs> for multiple summers i watch what's happening oh, at yeah. like 10 or 11 on fox every day fuck yeah i love that opening when they're running down the street the basketball i love that opening oh man Hey guys, Kevin Cablasso. I'm at a concert right now. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Anyway. Somebody for somebody forward me a, a worse piece of audio for a for a podcast to batandspiderpod at gmail.com. And all for a stupid joke. It's not funny, Cablasto. Nobody thinks it's funny. Your little uh your little routines. Like we know you're not at a Bell Biv DeVoe concert. We we know. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. They're not even on tour right now. Yeah. Believe okay. me, we would know. Just save it. Okay. <laughs> save it. God. Here we go. I got, I got to play an M4A here. Hopefully that's easy to do. Okay. Toby! <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Mikey P. I don't like that, that Mikey P. Yeah. One of his children, I think. Unmistakably Mikey P. Thank you, Mikey. Mikey P, thank you. Check out their uh, movie mixtape podcast. He does all the friggin' art for that thing. Yeah. What did they just watch? Terms of Endearment. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that, Chuck. Have you seen that? Talk about you want to cry. 
Dale, if you want to cry, you watch Tears yeah. and uh, Tears of Endearment. You want to, yeah. Done. Yeah, you put that on. You cry. You want some Jack Nicholson too? You put that on. Oh, during his naked face. If he has a, a scene where he's, I feel like there's maybe something like he's nude. I don't know. Old Jack. I'm glad he's having fun. Got one last voicemail here, Chuck. We're going to get to it right now. Chuck, Dale, <gasps> it's H. Keep it up, you guys. As always, you're doing amazing work loving these episodes, uh, especially the aftermath. That was that was just wild. Um, but I do have one request. Dale, please, for the love of God, where are you with Baldur's Gate 3? We need to know. Mm. You've already talked about it this episode, fine. But if not, like, let's get into it. We need to we need to hear all the dark, dirty details. Love you guys. Peace. That's right, Dale. H. <laughs> Is Baldur's Gate H. still uh, the apple of your eye? H. Uh, H. Producer to this producing uh, content. A 30 second, a tight 30 seconds there. H. Love it. He knew. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, but uh, he's gonna make me. Uh, yeah, 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 Chuck. Look, listen. Okay, I'm I'm addicted. I'm I'm Are thinking you? about Baldur's Gate right this second. <laughs> That's good. It's um, I'm having a blast. Just taking my time. Uh, it is like the closest. You know, I don't get to play D and D anymore, and and uh, this is like me. You know, the D and D references. It's just. I'm having a blast. That's all I can say is I'm having a blast. I'm addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm living out my fantasies. I'm already like in my head. I'm already doing new playthroughs with new types of characters. Now, but, I had a question about this game. Now it's a yeah yeah it's yeah. a linear story. Everyone's playing the same story. More or less the main story. Like Skyrim has a main story. That's that's there like i don't think you can finish the game until you do finish the one quest the main quest okay uh, but, so are, so is it open world then like you can just go around and do whatever you want and go anywhere you can more or less go around oh, and do whatever. Okay, from okay. what i can tell you can go around and do whatever you want and, and quest in any order that you would like oh, okay. you get to concentrate on just doing side quests you can try to sleep with your party mates <laughs> hey but that makes an awkward you campfire know, and you know the one thing that he, I would I would always forbid and and start squirming when 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 intimacy is is introduced into a D and D party in real life. <laughs> this is this yeah, is where no, you can you can just fun. live your fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, people do that, like inter parties sexual relations. Does that happen in D and D? Yeah, yeah, that yeah that happens. Oh, like man. whether inter parties or like you and you know like somebody you're playing at the table with they like try to you know like, like they try to like with somebody that the dm is controlling hump medusa yeah, yeah right yeah and, and and as the dm you would have to role play medusa trying oh, to get God. humped or like try it and it's just like can we not can we pretend like none of this is happening you know what i would do you if know that like happened? if i was dm and that happened i'd pick up my little visor thing you know the the d yeah DM, and throw it out your the window. dm screen throw it out the window and then you would uh and then you would, since you would be in a chair that didn't rock, but you would still like rock back on your back two legs and just throw your, like with your, with your elbows still down at, on the arms yeah. of the chair, you would throw your hands up. Exactly. Like, 
And it was where we're at now. I would, uh, you could tell I was really angry because the, the force, like you thought I just leaned back in the chair, but I did it with such force that I, I took a chunk out of the drywall behind me with the, the back of the, the chair back. You didn't, but you pretended like it didn't yeah. happen because it was all part of the. Yeah. And the adrenaline's flowing. Like I'm just yeah. anything. One more thing said. The rest of the party members, like their minds are racing. Like, is it done? Like, should we start packing up? Everybody starts checking their phone. Someone asked me, can I get you a, another Mountain Dew, sir? Right. And then you would, since your DM screen is not there and visible for everybody, you would, into your opened Franklin Covey notebook, you would write, no more D&D. And then you would you'd, circle you'd it, circle it, and Chuck, you would you would dot it with the uh, you'd tap it at the end of the with the your bit. flushed red face. God, you might you might even stare at the wall and get lost in a crack in the in the wall. Uh, <laughs> Anything would be better than sit there a full forty five seconds in silence. And everyone's looking around, but you're just staring at the, the spot on the wall, just trying to work your way out. It would be even worse if it were your house. Chuck because then you would have to like they wouldn't get the hint yeah like the person who tried to sleep with somebody that you were going to have to role play as exactly and they're all your friends so they're all very concerned they're trying they're like what's wrong what's what's hey what's going on buddy but right. nothing can break that that shield you meanwhile they're all they're all thanking Christ that they don't have to be the ones to clean up to 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 act the love interest <laughs> That's where I'm at, H. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that's a good way to... Oh, we got to pick a new movie. Another movie. Whose turn right. is it? It's your turn. After next episode, uh, we're taking a bit of a break, but we're going to have new content for you every week. I am just... I'm, I'm not going to be around for a month, and Chuck hates me for it, but he's also <laughs> okay with it. Trust me, he's okay with it. Hey, look. Look, so, look it's, I'm happy for you. Very high. Thanks, I, I want to know if you're going to demand that your kids call you Papa while you're uh, in Italy, in Italia. <laughs> they might come. They might come home uh, calling me Papa, Papa, and they're going to stare. They'll still stare at me down at <laughs> my skinny pumas that I'll I'll start to adopt wearing skinny pumas. Yeah, <laughs> look like your toes busting out of the sides. Yeah, they're just going to like fold up in on themselves. Like it would be like a like um like a bowling pin configuration with my toes in the front. Yeah. 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 For those, uh, I am going to, I'm going to be going to Italy, but until then I got to pick, I got to pick one more movie before that. Any of that happens. So don't worry about it. Well, we believe it is just my luck. Well, we believe it is just my luck. Oh, you believe it's just my luck. Oh, you believe it's just my luck. No recess. No recess. You know, Chuck, I, um, I think I got one. Oh, okay. Because I've been thinking a lot. 
lately about not having watched Jalo in a long, long Ooh. time. Mm. Mm. And I wanted to get it back on my radar. I think that's a good idea. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key <laughs> from 1972. God. These Italians and their titles. Maybe to give me, maybe to prepare me for uh, my month. Yeah. The month ahead of me. Get you in the mood. Uh, this is, uh, oh, by uh, Sergio Martino, starring Edwiga mm-hmm. Fennec. Everybody? Yeah. In case you're wondering. So. Uh, Oliviero is a drunk, burned-out writer who amuses himself by hosting orgies at his grand country manor and humiliating his wife, Arena. When a number of women <laughs> oh are God. murdered in grisly fashion, Oliviero becomes a prime suspect and we have a lovely poster of a keyhole with a woman's face that uh almost looks like that gif you love dale of the woman in like the talk show audience and her face melts that's <laughs> yes, kind that's of what's right. going on here if we could get somebody to just put that woman's face in this keyhole for <laughs> yeah. me i would probably be yeah. complete maybe that should be the show art I'll, that's what i'll do for the show art <sighs> il il tuo vizio è una stanza Cusa e solo io ne ho la chiave. <laughs> you got it. You got My it. God. Um, cue the Tubi werewolf because uh, we're in business. Mm. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back. So no excuses out there. I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, I'm not going to rent. I'm not going to pay to rent a movie. Oh, no. Until next time, batandspider.com. For all your bat and spider needs, join our Discord. Re- re- review us on iTunes. If you, if you, if you, if you were to, yeah. if you were to hear the last time we re- we received a worded review on iTunes, not just a rating, but a review, uh, it would make your head spin. Yeah, it was during. When I tell the, you the last uh, one that was left, it was during the uh, Ford administration. Last and time. since then, maybe nobody has listened. Yeah, we don't know. We don't have. Mommy doesn't give us the numbers, so we don't know. We don't have eyes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're old school, some call us. Old school. And we like it. We like to keep it that way. So send us money and your reviews. Old school doesn't pay the bills. (laughs) Damn, I'm sweating. Every every night we're done recording, the back of my shirt is just Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like. I can't like sit down on the couch because I'm just like, I just want it to dry out. And I'm just like standing You're sitting sitting, forward, sitting forward, just like, <laughs> please dry, just dry. Right. I want to be back to normal. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, after, after a night of recording, it's definitely not one of those like shirts you could get another two days of wearing out of it <laughs> no. because it's soaked to the bone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Woo. Gets hot in here, Dale. And it's not my fault. So yeah, um, join us next yeah. week, you, me, and Edwiga, and uh, we'll be uh, taking a trip uh, across the ocean. The ocean, Dale. Let's let's uh, take a trip across the ocean. Yeah. Edwiga, prepare a room. We are taking the ocean. <laughs> prepare a room and two cans of Chef Boyardee, please. We'll be there soon. As we we will we'll be taking a, a via ocean. Via Ocean. Dumb. Ocean Liner. 
Goodbye. Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm.